G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. My men in the church, they all went to defend their homes. When you've got missiles and bombs and things on the horizon and the, the, the men in the church try to send their family to a safe place and then they go to the local checkpoint or the military mobilization place, they get weapons handed to them and they defend their town. That is something that you would not wish on anybody. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, our guest today is once again Pastor Wayne Sheck, who's joining us from Ukraine and has been serving there as a missionary for over 29 years. Today, Wayne will share more of his life journey and more about what it's like doing ministry in a war-torn country. Last time, he told us how he came to serve in Ukraine when he was almost 18 years old and how he met his wife there. Now, we'll pick up the story as Wayne shares more about some of the fascinating ministry work he was doing before the war. Once again, Wayne's chatting with Eric Scatterbo. We should say, besides being a pastor, you're also a cricket coach, is that right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny. Um, when it dawned on me in Ukraine that, you know, I've given up the dream to be a fighter pilot. The only thing that I really lost was the chance to play cricket because I loved cricket. Yep. But then after 15 years in the country mm-hmm. and uh, Tasmanian calls me uh, from the next town and he says, hey, do you know that there are Indians that play cricket in Kiev? And it's like, oh, we've got to check this out. So we went to Kiev and as a kid, of course, we, we had – red ball, white clothes, it was white skin, long form out of the game, astroturf turning into turf, grass fields. And then uh, you turn up in Kiev and it's a soccer field that's all dirty from the <laughs> as, as snow is melting. It's a, it's not looked after well. There's some asphalt around that's oh, on wow. the outside. It's like there's a running track around it, um, broken glass and that sort of stuff. But oh, it's no. dirt. So it's dark skin, colored clothes, white ball, short format of the game, and this coconut mat on the ground, which covers up the the divots underneath. But when they tossed me this ball and I caught it, sorry to say with the the, the spiritual connotation, it was like being born again, again. (laughs) Uh, So I got my childhood dream back and uh, you can't see it here, but Behind me, uh, you've got the, the the books and the bookshelf, but at the top of the bookshelf, there's like a couple dozen of trophies. And these are my cricket playing trophies from in Ukraine. So it's the Indians. They take the cricket culture with them. It's in their blood. Huh. And uh, through being uh, a simple, uh, committed, hard-playing cricket player, and then God opens up doors, we actually uh, have Ukraine's only dedicated cricket field in Ukraine, in our town here. And oh, so wow. Indian students that are studying medicine or engineering or, or whatever, mainly medicine, mm-hmm. they come from all over the country to have tournaments in our town. Oh, um, wow. And 
the record is 50, 50 Indians staying in our church building uh, during <laughs> wow. the tournament. And uh, yeah, so in, you know when you the Old Testament picture of coming to the tabernacle and you've got you've got the aroma right of mm-hmm. the of the worship and uh, what's the English word uh, for the, the the incense? That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, as soon as someone comes to our church and you open up the door, you can smell the curries and the <laughs> Indian spices, and it's like, oh no, cricket season has started again. So. <laughs> But, but I mean, as fun as it is to play cricket, it's also a ministry opportunity. So I'm a very simple person. Um, Jesus says that we need to worship God with everything that we have. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if we're doing things that we can't worship him in, then you've got to rethink your theology. I don't believe that there's a, a secular sacred divide. I think that Jesus lived where everything was was worship and people saw that and it wasn't religiosity. So hmm. everything that I do, I, I I do with my full strength. I give glory to God. Um, I try to do things in faith and you love people. And then everything uh, then is a result of, you know, both his supernatural work, but what's the atmosphere that you're creating? What, what are your values? Hmm. And so, yeah, we became a, a magnet or a light on a hill that the Indians with their own struggles and clans and, and castes and that whole thing, they decided, hey, we can work with Wayne. And so mm. uh, they, they put some money uh, into that and started sending teams. And then guess what? Um, the politics was moved aside and we've got this. We, we had before the war a, a growing cricket uh, ministry, but I wouldn't call myself, uh, I may be like a, a chaplain or something that sort of, I'm this spiritual guy. One of my giftings is that we start something, and if a Ukrainian or whoever comes along, then it grows. Mm-hmm. Um, through this, we were hoping to get sports ministry coaches to come and join us. And actually, I have a young engineer who uh, is a he's Scottish. He graduated from uh, with an engineering degree to work mm-hmm. on our community transformation project where we turn plastic into uh, into fuel, plastic waste into fuel. That That's just a little something you do on the side? Oh, um, um, what can I say on the side? <laughs> so um, as my gifting uh, was becoming apparent uh, and you begin to see where what God's put in you already, um, maintaining a local church um we wanted to be a part of it we wanted to inspire it but not maintain it um we have an entrepreneurial side that is growing where we believe in sustainable missions that we can use resources that are available to both financially support the local work but disciple people by rubbing shoulders with them at the workplace Mm -hmm. and because this society is not working well there's lots of issues with waste and actually, in many places around the world that are that haven't ha- don't have what we would call a vibrant community of Jesus followers or an impact from the gospel, you have, you know, many of them are uh, are, are poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, society doesn't work well, and they have huge environmental challenges that are mm-hmm. only getting worse. So we believe that through the way that I'm geared, that if God brings in the right people to take this, the projects to the next stage, we can see uh, environmental transformation, workplace discipleship, and then sustainable missions where we can then help finance but empower others that are already called to other places that also have these major problems. 
But if mm. we can come in and empower them by starting something, then we'll be able to see something um, significant happen if the Lord wills. Quickly, what are some of these different projects that you've done in the past and are doing now? <laughs> okay. So it all started when I inherited being the pastor and then and then we miraculously got this church building that it hadn't been heated for five years. So we have, you know, five, six months of the, the year that need heating and we had what felt like a hundred percent unemployment in the church. So mm. if you can imagine the church that you go to, or if you don't go to church, could you imagine everyone on your street that doesn't have a job? Life would be very different, very, very different. Mm. Um, yeah. And the social welfare thing, it, it's not like Australia during COVID where the government was just throwing money out at people to, to keep them happy uh, during lockdown. This is a place that has gone through systematic annihilations of millions of people over the mm. last hundreds of years. So very different mind mindset. So uh, when it dawns on you that no one has a job, there's very little income, and now we have this huge uh, facility, um, what do we do? And so I was praying, and it's like, God, uh, I'm, I'm told the, wo- the word of God in prayer. That's what we do. We do the word of God in prayer. That's what missionaries are supposed to do, but it's like these people are hungry. They have no leadership. They have no future. There's no hope, but they believe in Jesus um, that he saved them from their sins. And that's a real theological challenge because in the end, it's Jesus that takes us to heaven, you know, being born again. But um, it's not just a transaction. Life comes into you and then life needs to shine through you and go mm-hmm. into the darkness and it transforms. So we started with an experiment to do a biogas um, system, which was to take organic waste to create gas to heat the church building. That experiment flowed over to a biodiesel um, concept where we take um, like French fry oil from McDonald's or, mm-hmm. or fish and chip shop, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we it was amazing that um, we would – you know, we produced our own fuel and the church van drives past smelling like fried chicken. Like, <laughs> not, not only are we these crazy foreigners that somehow miraculously got this building in the center of town, but everything that we do just smells like it should be eaten sort of sort of thing. <laughs> um, and then, of course, when we brought mushrooms out of the basement of the church where we were growing them there, um, suddenly it clicked with the locals because the church is pretty much a reflection or a picture of what's going on in society. We were inundated by hundreds of people wanting jobs. Well, I was going to say, so did these ideas, did they work? Did they create jobs? So they did create jobs, but it was, that, that was a revelationary moment for me. One was being released from the, there's the spiritual and there's the secular, but no, here it is. Um, I was created in this way. I grew up with my dad building a hovercraft in the garage of the uh, at the home in, mm-hmm. in Harvey Bay. So mm-hmm. my dad was a tinkerer and a thinker and a welder and an artisan. And it turns out I'm not an artisan. Working with my hands is not the thing, but I definitely have ideas. Yeah. And so here in Ukraine, you could see so many things that could and should be done um, no one's doing them. Later on, as you start to do things, you discover why no one's doing them. And that's a part of the journey that you're on. But um, that that thing of, you know, uh, the, the contrast of the picture of the, the concerts where, you know, they shut us down mm-hmm. and it's like, well, how do we get access to people? And then here it is, you've got this, it's like the Samaritan woman at the well 
where she's gone off and she's run, you know, she's gone off to tell the town and the, the disciples turn up and Jesus says, look, you know that thing about the harvest? Well, turn around, look at them, here they come. Hmm. And so it was like the streams of people coming to us wanting a job. They were wanting something. They were they, they, there was a there was a journey of um the Christians have hope. The Christians are doing something. Mm. There's something practical here, yeah. and it can at least help feed my family. Mm-hmm. So that's when that when that penny dropped. Um, it's like okay, God was like, you wanted access to people's lives. Here it is. This is what you do. So yeah. we we've done a major mushroom growing uh, thing, and we learned a lot, and we had to put that aside um, temporarily. The biodiesel grew, and we had 35 tons of of oil a month and that oh, was wow. doing great until until the revolution in 2014 and then the war and i just knew that that project was going to stop and it eventually did and then the next thing was this project of transforming municipal solid waste in particular plastic into mm-hmm. a viable fuel just because biodiesel the only way you can use it is if you have if you're frying something and you've got oil left over whereas waste is a worldwide phenomenon and it's mm. getting worse mm-hmm. and plastic is plastic all over the world. So we started working on um, a technology, our own version of that, that would turn um, this uh, waste into a resource of, of energy and fuel and, and uh, open the doors for, for other things. So that project has been growing over the last eight years. And uh, if the war didn't start, we would have launched this last year but now um, uh, we're now gathering internally displaced people. So mm. my 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 men in the church and the men at the work site they all went to defend their homes. Mm. Uh, I, I just just when you've got missiles and bombs and things on the horizon and people coming to your church in droves and you're helping them, the the, the men in the church try to send their family to a safe place and then they go to the local checkpoint or the military mobilization mm-hmm. place. They get weapons handed to them and they defend their town. Mm. That is that is something that you would not wish on anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a husband kisses his wife goodbye, she drives off and he walks in to, to grab a gun to to defend his house just a few kilometers away. So that that the, our lives have been turned upside down um, uh, significantly. But now a year on, some of my key guys are in the military preparing to head to the eastern Ukraine. Um, others are being called up. Others have already been discharged and administering to wounded soldiers in the hospitals. Hmm. Amazing ministries. We're all involved in some sort of trauma ministry. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Skadabo is once again chatting with Pastor Wayne Sheck, who's joining us from Ukraine, where he's been serving as a missionary for over 29 years. We'll hear more about doing ministry work in a war-torn country when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. 
Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is once again Pastor Wayne Sheck, who's joining us from Ukraine and sharing about the challenges of doing ministry work in a war-torn country. Now, here's more of Wayne's chat with Eric Scadabo, which was recorded on the 23rd of February 2023, on the eve of the one-year anniversary of the start of war. Take us to the eve of the war beginning. What was that like? So, um, our, uh, the, the crisis team internationally were, had prepared us. Well, first leave. off, I should ask you, were you thinking, hey, let me get out of here. This is Ukraine's war. I, I should just go back to Australia. What, what, did that cross your mind? Oh, I have the option to go to Australia. Oh, that's not, that's not, that, that's, yeah, that, that's not a, that's not a question. I can go. But I've been on my own parallel spiritual journey with the Ukrainian people for the last almost 30 years. So I, mm. Every major event in my life is is there tied directly to um, what's going on with uh, with the Ukrainian people. We've been uniquely prepared mm. um, by the Lord to be here with this people uh, at this time. And as we were being briefed and prepared that um, we should evacuate, um, I mean, the when when the US government told its people to leave and then the Brits and then we were getting emails and, and calls from Australia, you know, you need, you need to leave. Um, we'd already gone through this with our mission and we have, we have key families here that are in a similar position to ourselves. And it's like, we are not going anywhere. Mm. Um, we actually did send those that weren't culturally grounded enough we sent them out um, back to, uh, to across the border to Europe. Mm-hmm. That was very traumatic for them. Mm. But they all found ministry on the border in Poland, taking oh, okay. in refugees. Mm-hmm. And then um, we were prepared with fuel and we'd taken cash and, and, and stuff like that, um, preparing for what it would look like. And then we would see. And then basically almost to the day when it happened on the 24th, when we woke up in the morning uh, of the 24th and heard the rumblings on the horizon, um, we um, yeah made, made the phone call and said that it's begun and we, we started our contingency plans. During the first weeks of the war, we had so many stories of miraculous intervention mm-hmm. that, you know, so God is, God is over what's going on human history it's his history mm-hmm. that starts with his creation um the beauty of that and then the fall and then humankind choosing abraham and then jesus and and in the end jesus will return so he's in all of this and mm-hmm. he knows what he is leading humankind through and we're at this very dramatic stage at the moment for the, for the ukrainian uh people but god is in this situation he's over the situation and he's working through the situation mm-hmm. now unfortunately we're running out of time but so you shared with us how ministry was all these exciting things you were doing to create jobs before the war what has ministry been like after the war started um well me in my unique position plus the power not going off during the early times and the internet staying on my job was to connect people to both evacuate and also to uh, connect with the West 
and people to pray and then eventually people are sending money for aid and so we've gone through multiple stages of different types of ministry so um helping people evacuate and then providing safe place and safe passage for them and then after the russians fled from the northern front um uh, we got involved in humanitarian aid mm-hmm. and then after having several hundred people come through our church going westward to mm-hmm. become refugees in in Europe we uh, took in some long termers from cities that they didn't want to run further than they needed to and they've stayed here in our in our church mm-hmm. so we've got some long term uh, people and also different types of ministries that are that are starting you can imagine this whole area of trauma ministry mm-hmm. just uh, it's hard to fathom um, but the christians are involved and uh we have a, a light that can help during that uh, that whole um next stages mm-hmm. but because we're not on the front lines and because of my gifting we've been employing internally displaced people creating jobs for them helping stimulate the economy which is nose diving mm. and on that we're looking at uh, if we can implement the things that are on our heart we can then sustainably help others who are doing amazing things as well as continuing uh, to be that connection between westerners and uh, and ukrainians who are much closer to the front lines so that that's my uh, that's my area of of expertise and and my calling and would you say that i mean obviously it's horrific the deaths and destruction that's going on in the country would you say that is there some kind of a, a silver lining as far as people getting closer to the Lord through it all? At every point in crisis, um, God is speaking, um, mm. and everyone is on their own spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. So some people are fearful running and closed. Others are fearful running and become open. And along this journey of people fleeing, when someone who hasn't been seeking the lord suddenly is in the arms of the christians and then as he's going further in the arms of the christians and in the arms of the christians and then in europe ends up in the arms of the christians mm. that's just one little snippet of the types of ministry that god is doing the other silver lining is i mentioned that there hadn't been a reformation here so the christians had been a persecuted uh, uh, we're talking we're talking evangelical Christians. Mm-hmm. They've been persecuted during communist time, not accepted as a part of society. Mm-hmm. And then as communism disappears and, and crumbles, this tiny little minority begins to try and find out how do they, they, they need to stop saying no to the government because the government was communist, right? It's, mm-hmm. you know, and yes to Jesus. The question is now, how do we say yes to Jesus and yes to this new freedom? So, um christians have been trying to find their their way how do we how do we do that but uh, a beautiful example is the birth of the chaplaincy movement mm-hmm. so in 2014 you had young evangelists that would go to the soldiers who are you know this this straggly group of volunteers with very little anything um of supplies and whatever but they've gone to fight to save their country and then you get the evangelist that turns up and he hands out tracts and he talks with them and he prays and then the soldiers say will you stay with us and the soldiers mm. are feeling the need for spiritual 
something like there is a there is an element like w- when you're in fear and you're f- seeing death and things like that yeah god sends his light into the darkness mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so these young evangelists can't stay forever with these guys but they come back and they learn about combat medicine and they learn about you know uh, trauma in the battlefield and they mm-hmm. learn about this and through this time you know, months and months later, you can see this was a young evangelist, and now he is a battle-hardened spiritual warrior hmm. who is amongst men who literally days of, you know, uh, of, of life and death. And through things like this, the church and also the churches became, when people were fleeing the country, it was churches became life centers, mm-hmm. places of light and, and, and uh, sanctuary. And so mm-hmm. this is the process that God has for the Christian church in Ukraine as the the chance of revival, uh, the, the chance of reformation, the chance of transformation uh, comes. But, uh, the, yeah, the church has been very active, and it's been a privilege to be here at this time. Wayne Sheck, thank you so much. We've only scratched the surface. There's so much more I could ask you about what's going on in the ministry there, but it sounds like obviously we should really be praying for the situation and for peace and for the ministry to continue and people getting closer to the Lord. Thank you so much for sharing your story and about the situation there in Ukraine. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. It was a privilege. Well, that was Eric Scadabo chatting with Pastor Wayne Sheck, who's joined us from Ukraine, where he's been serving as a missionary with Operation Mobilization for over 29 years. And I'd just like to encourage everyone listening today to lift up the country of Ukraine in prayer. We pray for peace and for everyone who's been impacted by the trauma of war, that the Lord would heal their mental and physical wounds. Also, we pray for all the ministries there, like Operation Mobilization, that are helping people in dire circumstances. May the Lord supply everything they need to effectively minister and keep them safe. Amen. A Bible verse that comes to mind when hearing about the horrors and injustices of war is from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. Another one in the book of Proverbs is from chapter 14, verse 31, which says, Whoever oppresses a man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honours him. Well, to find out more about Operation Mobilization and the work they're doing in Ukraine and how you can be a part of it, their website is om.org.au. Once again, that's om.org.au. Well, thanks for joining us for Wayne Sheck's story and his insights into the country of Ukraine and all that's happening there. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.